Anchored is a production of the Classic Learning Test, based in Annapolis, Maryland, reconnecting knowledge and virtue. Visit us at cltexam.com. Welcome back to the Anchored Podcast, the official podcast of the Classic Learning Test. Uh, we are here today with David Noakes, uh, again, the CEO of ClassReach, uh, which many of you are familiar with already. Uh, David, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Just excited to be here today. Uh, David, as we often do on the Anchor Podcast, we'd love to kick off uh, just learn a little bit about you growing up. Uh, I know that you are a diehard fan of classical education now, but uh, as, as a boy, did you love learning? Were you bored out of your mind in school? What was that like? You know, I was, I was, I like learning math and history and everything else I could sort of do away with, right? Um, I, I just, I don't know, I found, uh, I was raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic grade school. I went to a Catholic high school. Uh, I, I did my undergrad at University of Washington, but I really was there because I could hit a baseball, not necessarily for this, you know, great learning experience. And, um, you know, really came to learn classical conversations l- later on. Uh, I, I've always had a, a kind of a lifelong study as you go and, and, and you know, just try to learn um, and, and learn new things. And, um, and but I, I hadn't I wasn't exposed to classical education as a child. So how did you discover this uh, whole world that we often discuss on the Anchor podcast here, this, this world of classical conver- classical education, you know, and a lot of our guests, they kind of live in it, but other other folks uh, haven't really heard much about it at all. Well, to be honest, the, the best way uh, that uh, men a lot of times learn about things is from a, having a, just a fantastic spouse. So my wife found uh, Classical Conversations was our first exposure. Uh, we had a neighbor that had a child in it and we had sons that are similar in age and they kind of exposed us to classical conversations and we weren't necessarily ready for it then but we learned a lot about it and then my third child um was born in 2009 and my wife's like i'm going to cc practicum and i'm like what is a cc practicum right and so we walked through the process uh, she really spearheaded the whole uh effort and we got into classical conversations uh f- from that point on and then probably um when he was in third grade, uh, we had become aware of a classical school here in Bellingham, Washington called Trinity Classical School. Okay. And we actually went and visited the school and we're like, okay, we're sold. Even my son was like, hey, I get a uniform and I get to actually, you know, be in a, a class with, you know, a, a small amount of kids and get a, a lot of uh, attention in terms of teacher student ratio. So it was just great. Uh, but really, it was my wife that was the pioneer for us. You know, uh, David, a lot of the, the classical schools that we've worked with and just getting to know so many of these heads of schools uh, who have poured their heart into building these schools, um, uh, often the story, you know, there's so much enthusiasm going in and it's not like they lose enthusiasm, but it, but it's the practical difficulties of sometimes running and operating a school uh, that can sometimes be kind of a thorn in the side uh, because there are all of these just logistical how do you report grades? How do you have a meal plan? Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, ClassReach, the work that you do, and how you solve some of these problems. Yeah, so ClassReach uh, really tries to sit at that intersection between uh, educator, head of school, teachers, parents, and, and students, right? And I really like the classical methodology that it really it's a partnership between parents, students, and, and the educators. And we just try to place ClassReach right in the center of that. We try to be a nice bridge between those three or four stakeholders. And 
you know, we're, we're never going to solve everything that it takes in terms of running a business for, of a school. But when you talk about student information, uh, when you talk about teacher administration tools, when you talk about uh, transcripts and grade books and, and ways to uh, transfer information between those parties, we think we do a great job being right at, at the center of that. So I, I loved our, our offline conversation because you're taking a whole sphere of knowledge uh, that you had that would seem to me like they have nothing to do with each other uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, and you've made some incredible connections, which is, is interesting. Uh, I read recently David Epstein's book, uh, which essentially makes the case that generalists have advantage over specialists in, uh, in the specialized world that we live in uh, because you've had exposure to various kind of spheres of knowledge. So tell us about your work before class reach and then how you brought some of that knowledge to bear on what you're doing. Yeah, that's a great question, and and uh, thanks for asking it. Yeah, so uh, last over the last ten years, I worked uh, for a company called Emergency Reporting. It's a software as a service, and we uh, delivered uh, software uh, uh, over the web to fire departments. And uh, we, uh, when I first got to the company in 2011, we had about 800 customers, and then we ended up growing that well north of 8,000. And and last year, uh, we sold the company. And I was looking for the next thing, right? And uh, meanwhile, I'm a, a guardian parental user of ClassReach with the school that my son attends. And I started to just really look at that product and thought, wow, this is very similar to what we were doing in the fire service. You know, there's a lot of record keeping, there's security and, and, and data that you have to have in terms of, you know, kids accessing the system, uh, all the tools inside of ClassReach, there was such a, a correlation between what I had just come from. And as I started to look at the marketplace, there's about the same amount of private schools in the United States as there were fire departments. And so I reached out to the uh, founder of ClassReach and just said, hey, uh, what are you doing with ClassReach? And I think I can help. And so ultimately, that's how him and I met. So you've got to tell part of this story because I, I love the stories of how things come into existence. And this is kind of a surprising story, a very local level of a dad, I think, trying to solve a problem uh, for the school his kids were attending. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. He, uh, you know, he had a, a five children and they were attending a, um, a Wiley Preparatory Academy in Wiley, Texas. And, you know, he was, again, just like me, he was a parental user and he was using at the time five or six different software systems to sort of manage his interaction with the school. And he basically went to the school and said, hey, I think I can help here. And uh, at, at the same time, he had a web development company. And so they sort of worked out this idea that Wiley Preparatory would sort of feed him with what they needed and he would build what, you know, they asked for. And so ultimately, ClassReach was spawned out of that concept that he worked directly with a school that had about two, 300 students. And uh, and ultimately, ClassReach came from that. So just a great story. And then when I came along, I said, what are you doing with this? He goes, I knew how to do this part. I don't know how to bring this to the to the masses, right? And so I said, well, uh, as luck would have it, uh, or as, you know, Providence would have it, I, I'm available and let me talk about what we did. And mm. and thankfully, I had a couple other executives that work with me in emergency reporting. We brought them together and we put together a group of people that are now driving towards, you know, making sure that class reaches this sort of nexus point of uh, conversation between mm. the stakeholders. So it, it, it's a great story and um, fantastic. And I feel blessed to be part of it. I, I love that. You know, no matter uh, who you are listening to this, if you're a teacher or if you're a parent, or even if you're a student, students, we hope you do listen to the Anchor Podcast from time to time. Um, you interact with uh, some kind of, of software 
that is is reporting your grades um, are the school that my girls attend. Uh, it is Blackbot, and typically the feedback that you hear is is almost always frustration about uh, interacting with these tools that are designed to make life easier, but sometimes they seem to just make everything more complicated. You know, we we could probably spend two hours just trying to get their meal thing figured out. And um, how are you working to make just a a better user experience? Yeah. So we, um, you know, we've really acquired it uh, back in uh, early August. And uh, since then, we've kind of developed uh, sort of six themes, but all centered around one simple concept is uh, zero clicks or less. Now in software, you never get zero clicks with the idea that if we can have zero clicks or less, if we're if the software is being intuitive enough that it's presenting information where people can consume it as opposed to try to dig for it, uh, that that's sort of the methodology that we're going about. Uh, we we also use a, a, a technical methodology called agile software development where we're going to do small sure. releases on a continual basis, and so that people don't ever get you know they don't get overwhelmed with these massive updates and these big changes. There's just small subtle changes that are happening constantly, and I I, I do want to bring up. Mm-hmm you know, the students. So when we, we look at class rates, right, we have a, a certain population of customers that, you know, largely heads of school make that decision. And then there's this larger group called parents, right, or guardians that are kind of around and they're trying to use the software. But the reality is the biggest users potentially are the students in terms of total yeah. user count. So one of the other things we're trying to keep in the front of our minds is, yes, uh, all stakeholders have to have ease of use, right? And that starts to get complicated when you think about how people would use software in each of those groups. And just know we have a great team. Uh, we brought some senior developers on and we have uh, I have a great product owner who I worked with at the previous company who is just diving in uh, at first and working on these mm. sort of themes. So we're pretty excited about uh, our opportunities there. Yeah. You know, David, I, uh, I spent about 10 years in the public school arena. And during that time, there was a huge transition of technology. My, my first year of teaching was 2004 in New York City. Uh, by the time I left, though, the school it was Anne Arundel County Public Schools in Maryland. We were all on Power Teacher. Um, and one of the things I, I really disliked was that uh, students um, could access their grades any moment, anytime. Um, and they were constantly, even on their devices, their phones, you know, hitting refresh. And I'd say, what are you doing? They say, oh, Mr. Tate, I'm just checking my grades. I know my science teacher's updating grades right now. And it was actually this this tremendous distraction. And I think one of the many, many strengths of the classical renewal movement and all of these classical schools is they're trying to mitigate this obsessive focus on grades, um, that it's actually a distraction from authentic learning. Uh, But I'm just thinking kind of out loud with you. I mean, you, you can actually work with them in in that desire from the software side is that something th- your team has already begun to, to to think through and how, how are you making your uh class reach more a better fit for a classical school versus all the options out there being used by publics yeah that's a great point um i think we're all trying to wrestle with how how fast technology moves uh, you know even as adults and so it's not just the kids in these schools uh, what, one of the features inside of classreach is we have the ability to say when notifications can be sent so even though the grades uh, could be populated the student can be notified when the parent says hey at eight o'clock at 8 p.m every night that's when your notification comes in so little things like that are really helpful to try to mitigate the distraction of you know this instant feedback of what did I get when I just turned in my homework right so 
we'll continually look at ways we can try to keep kids focused on, you know, the Socratean method and just understanding how, uh, how logic and grammar and rhetoric is important, not necessarily focus so much on what did I get on my grade? Grades matter, right? We need to be measured and we need to be sort of held accountable for the work that we produce, but we can still help control when that information is dispersed, right? I love that. I think that's a key distinction uh, is the place that Christian schools, Catholic schools put on the role of parents. Uh, and we've seen this playing out in the national headlines, you know, yeah. uh, that if you believe that parents are the first and primary educators of their own children, which is said straight out of the Catholic catechism, um, then even the way you build software, so- software is going to be different is, and is going to reflect that. So I, I think there's a huge opportunity uh, to build something that would respect parents, would respect uh, administrators uh, first and, and honor their position. Well, we have another feature that that uh, we've had parents and, and teachers and, and heads of school also really you know give us accolades for is at any time a teacher is sending a message, we have an internal message system inside of ClassReach where they can you know receive messages, homework notifications, et cetera. Every time a teacher uh, sends a message to a student, the parent automatically gets notified. Right. So there's always this uh, there's this parents are are in there, not only for safety reasons, but at the same time, we're constantly notified when there's a, a direct message going across. So and same when my son replies back, I get a copy of that same message. So it really reinforces this parent teacher student partnership and that we as parents are the educators of our kids and the school is there to help us do a good job of that. Love that. Uh, and David, I, I may be pushing my luck a little bit here, but I'm I'm thinking your building class reach should be totally incompatible with PSAT and SAT and ACT scores. Is that right? Look, assessments are a really <laughs> big part of the journey of students, right? And we think assessments are a, a big uh, component of how we think about uh, w- w- why and, and what we build, right? So that's going to become an important thing. CLT is a great example. I, I uh, I lived through the SAT as a as a young man uh, way way back in the days. I watched my kids go through the SAT. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy that you're taking on that battle. I think there's just a way different way that we can be assessing the current standing of a moment in time of, of a student. And I also think it should be ongoing, right? Uh, if, if college really is is producing. Mm what they say they're producing, then we should test them the second year and the third year and the fourth year and then see how they're really doing. And I think we'll find that we need to rethink how college is educating these kids, right? You know, I think one of the most beautiful aspects of the classical renewal movement is that there are so many uh, little facets that, that have to be developed for this movement to scale as a whole. I think about the needs that so many schools have. I think about staffing needs, you know, I think, and, and the work that ESI and John Snyder and his team are doing. Uh, so I had a school when somebody has to leave, go out on maternity leave, can make a phone call and find a great teacher. We're trying to fill a gap on the assessment side. You're coming along and this, these are the tools that are, are being used all day, every day that end up having a big impact on the life, the culture uh, of the school. So I, I think it's important work. Um, David, what, what do you see for the future when you talk with a head of school, when you talk with a teacher, um, what are the pain points that you're looking to solve? But like I said, we're never going to solve all the business of running a school. We just want to be part of that conversation somehow, some way. So we're going to try to continue to facilitate bridges between using software as a, as a nice, clear, wide open, well-marked bridge that, that, that the stakeholders can walk across together. 
Uh, at the same time, we also have to uh, be cognizant of how people consume software, right? It's not sitting at a desktop. Uh, you know, even now, 40% of our users are accessing via mobile devices of some sort. So we're going to make sure that that experience continues to mature as uh, as devices change, right? And then some of the things the heads of school and I have been talking about is this idea of data and analytics and business intelligence and, and how to better tell their story, Right. I think right now, culturally, we're, we're all seeing kind of a shift into let's rethink about education. And that also, I think, leads into how we use data to help teachers, parents and students continue to mature in, in their understanding of, of how they're doing. Right. And, and data can be a lot of different things. But I think that you're going to see just this real nice rise in, in not only a grassroots effort of parents getting more involved, but then how do we educate the parents about the data side and, and, and the analytics of helping their child be successful. You know, at CLT, we work with a number of secondary schools uh, or, or, you know, soon, you know, third grade through eighth grade schools as well that are brand new. They're just launching. Um, and sometimes these schools will have eight, 10, 12 students total uh, their first year. Um, and, and the, the big power teachers, they're, they're not friendly to the, you know, the initial price tag. Um, can you work with schools that only have eight, 10, 12 students that are just getting started? Oh yeah. We have, we have such a, a wide range of, of school participants as customers. We have some that are in that range of eight, 10, 12, that two families, three families got together and they started a school and now they're like, okay, now what do we do? Right. And we fit <laughs> nicely with that. We have several different tiered packages that kind of align with where they're at in their school journey. Uh, and so we can we can meet that need. We have several schools that have three, four, five hundred students that fit right in the middle that are using a wide range of our services. Uh, you know, down to the financial module of tuition collection. I mean, there's there's a lot there for school management. And we have some schools that are approaching and even passing a thousand students. Right? We can support online schools. We can support schools of any size. And, and size. And the re the reason is because of the configuration. This system can be highly configured to where you're at today. And um, that takes a little bit of work at, at the at the close of, of bringing on a new account, but we have great support staff and great technical staff that can help get that account set up so that wherever they're at in their journey, we're ready for them. It's fantastic. Uh, administrators, teachers, parents listening to this, they want to learn a bit more, uh, tell uh, their school about it. Uh, what is a good next step? Uh, what is your contact information where they could reach out? Yeah, we're, we're at classreach.com. Uh, you know, right now that page is a little bit of a legacy. We're working on a new homepage and a new uh, a new look uh, that'll probably be out uh, before Christmas. Uh, so classreach.com, uh, there's a great place there just to contact us. Uh, and that's probably the easiest way. And, uh, you know, we have people uh, standing by that can just uh, respond and, and, and be there and, and answer any questions they might have about uh, thinking about classreach for their school. Love it. Now, David, you, uh, like so many of our, our listeners, discovered the classical renewal movement uh, through your own, own kiddos. Um, I'm wondering if there has been a, a book maybe that you've read over the past several years that had a, a deep impact on you. We always end the Anchor podcast uh, asking our, our guests if there has been a book that has been most formative for them. Yeah, I, I know I, I uh, there's several, right? But there is one that I keep coming back to that uh, I actually make sure that I personally buy for every new manager that comes to work for me or any new manager that has uh, been promoted into a position where they're going to be responsible for people. And that's, it's a small book uh, uh, written by John Maxwell. It's 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. And I, I 
I give it to the new manager and I say, look, we expect you to lead. We don't expect you to follow. And so, it, it, and, and that book has been so impactful to every person that I've given it to. And I, I read it probably once every two years, just to refresh. And, so, so give us a taste. What are uh, two or three of these rules? Uh, character, uh, uh, decisiveness, um, um, just team building, uh, chemistry, um, you know, you, you name it. Uh, there, I mean, there's obviously way more than 21 indispensable qualities of a leader. But what I like about this is it, it's a small book. It's a, it's a fast read, but he starts in the beginning and says, read it slow. Think about each chapter. And that reminds me a lot of Bible studies and things like that. Like, hey, let's go slow and let's try to really understand what it means to be a good leader. And every single person that I've ever given it to, I used to give the book and a calculator. And I would say, this calculator is to help you understand how to run a business. This book is to help you understand how to manage and be a good leader for your people. And so I stopped the calculator because everyone's got calculators on their phones, but I give the book, right? And we walk through it. And then in my one-on-ones with my managers, we'll uh, like four times a year, we'll get, let's go read this chapter together. Cause that's sort of where they're at the journey. And then we say, okay, now what did you learn from that chapter and how can you apply it? And it's just been a great tool and uh, a great go-to book. That's great. Love that. Uh, again, we're here with uh, David Noakes, who is the CEO of ClassReach. Uh, David, we appreciate uh, just being in this work with you, the work that you're doing. Uh, I'd love to have you back on in the future uh, and get some updates. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd be happy to uh, join Jeremy and thanks you. thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anchor. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.